While every generation brings about changes in the bank branch landscape, today it's all about digital disruption and much more than changing lobby decor. The pressure is coming from outside with mobile and digital technology, but how will that affect what's going on inside the bank branch landscape, all while trying to enhance customer experience and improve efficiency? To learn more, this week we'll be talking with Jonathan Rowe of Encino. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that'll help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carlozo, the managing editor of BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. It is wonderful to have you here with us. And before we get to this week's guest, a word from one of our sponsors. Looking to grow your business? Harlan Clark has served financial institutions for 140 years. From marketing programs and checks to research and analytics, Harlan Clark has a singular goal, helping you grow. Learn more at harlandclark.com. And don't forget, registration is now open for BAI Beacon. That takes place October 4th and 5th in Atlanta. To learn more about the Fast-Paced Financial Services Conference, visit BAI.org slash BAI Beacon. And don't forget, you can save $400 on your BAI Beacon registration using this code PC1. Don't delay as that code expires Friday, September 15th. And today on the podcast, we have Jonathan Rowe. Jonathan oversees Encino's research, recruiting, and business development activities and was one of the company's first dozen employees. Prior to joining Encino, Jonathan was a professor in the Cameron School of Business and director of the Entrepreneur Center at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. And Jonathan, great to have you here on the podcast today. Thank you, Lou. It's a pleasure. Now, so much hand-wringing going on about branches from your perch in the industry. Tell us about what you see going on and why it matters. Thanks, Lou. I always like to start with a Mark Twain quote when discussing bank branches. The reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. It's very apropos. There's no question it's been declining the number of branches in the United States for a number of years now. Back in the 80s, the bank branch was the only channel available, and then call centers and touchstone banking came, and then obviously online and mobile banking. And so the branch as a channel has lessened. But I think the important thing is that the branch is not dead. And for financial institutions, the branch should be evolving and should play a very strategic role across the different channels and should become a little more digital in how it's structured and how it's operated. Personal relationships seem to matter so much. Do banks need to change their approach and sharpen that a bit in the midst of all of the digital changes going on? And if so, how? Banks often look at their branches as simply a sales channel. And so as a result, it feels a little salesy that you're going in there to be sold something or you're simply going in to have a very basic transaction, a deposit. Where I think we sort of should shift a little bit is the idea about having interactions, less about selling, but about customer service and about the relationships, about conversations. Because you often find that when you go to a bank's website, you probably see a long list of all the products and services available and you can click and sort of understand it. But when you walk into a branch, it's very unlike if you walked into a McDonald's, you see all the menu options that are available. You don't always understand the products and the services. And so that's really where that high touch, 
high interaction environment where the relationship really, really becomes important. And the relationship should span beyond just that one interaction and become more of a back and forth between the customer and the banker. The branch is still an important tool then in 2017. What does that mean in terms of the characteristics of a successful branch? Maybe it has something to do with design or the function of bank branch employees. What's important here for banks to realize moving forward? It's a great question. I think there's a few things that are very important for that evolution of the branch. And the first sort of sits on the cost side. As any business, you look at the cost of your different channels. And a branch, because it's a physical building, because it has a real estate component, it's going to have a slightly higher cost. But I think first and foremost, from a cost perspective, branches can be environmentally conscious in terms of the lighting and the operations and the systems they use within the branch. But more importantly, it's around adding some technology into the branch. You don't necessarily want the branch to become digital only. Some banks, I think, have gone a little too far where they're literally replacing people with technology at the branch. And the reason I think that's maybe gone a little too far is because you can do all that same stuff over your phone or over your computer. What banks really should be thinking about, and I think a lot of the progressive banks are, is balancing how do you add some digital into the branch so people can have that seamless interaction, but maintain that people element because that's a differentiator with the branch. And I think no matter how much technology comes along, those face-to-face interactions are still so important. I think cross-training bank employees who are in the branch so they can represent all the different products and the services, regardless of whether it is a business or a consumer account or interaction, and also allowing them to be informed and have more detailed conversations and less about selling. It's really about building that relationship, which you alluded to earlier. The Apple Store, for example, can be a really great model for banks. Explain to our audience how that would work and what they stand to gain from studying that model. Absolutely. I think what's interesting about Apple is they've created these store environments that people want to go to. And I think that hits on one of the first and foremost points as we talk about all the different components of how the branch is evolving and how it can continue to play that strategic role for financial institutions is making an environment that's welcoming to walk into, that you're excited to be you know, looking at and standing inside of. And again, that will cost some money and investment, but that is a good thing because that attracts people who want to go there. And then secondly, it is the people interaction. If you walk into an Apple store, you know, you'll see a lot of Apple employees walking around. They're very clearly marked with their shirts and sort of the fun genius taglines, but they're able to talk to you about any of the different products or services, not just iPhones or not just iPads or not just MacBooks. They can talk to you about all the different ones. So they're cross-trained. And then lastly, which is a little bit unique compared to banking, you can actually touch the products. And so you can hold the iPhone or the iPad in your hand and look at it and touch it. What's interesting about a bank is you're selling services. And so it becomes a little trickier, but I think that is the third piece that if banks can kind of more physically create these products and services, back to what we were talking about a moment ago, where people can walk in and understand these are the products and services we offer very clearly, I think that would be that third sort of leg of the stool. So you have a very welcoming environment to walk into the branch, a place that you enjoy going to. Secondarily, you have bank employees at the branch who are cross-trained across all the different types of products and services the bank offers. And lastly, trying to, as best you can, create a physical product representation so consumers can walk in and understand all the products and kind of, for lack of a better word, touch and feel those banking services. Now, looking at the... Encino website, there are other challenges too that make the bank 
branch problem particularly poignant. You mentioned the need for speed, convenience, trust, regulatory compliance, figuring out the role of the cloud-based system. It seems that in the midst of that, it would be very easy for banks to lose track of where branches fit into all of that, but also crucial. Any hints about how to get the mix right? Let's use the Apple example again. So about 20% of Apple's revenue actually comes directly from the Apple store. So 80% comes from online and digital, if you will. But what I think is sometimes lost in that number is how much of that 80% that comes from digital or online was influenced by the Apple Store or a visit to the Apple Store. I think part of it starts with just how strategically financial institutions look at branches because they often look at them as, okay, we have a standalone branch on Main Street. We're simply going to measure how much revenue it may bring in and how much it costs. And some of the value may be indirect. For example, somebody may walk in and have an interaction with a banker about a deposit account or about a checking account. They may then go home and the next day open that account online. And even though the branch played a role, it wasn't captured. And so that branch is maybe missing out on the value that branch provided. So I think first and part of what it starts with within the larger financial institution is breaking down these silos between the different groups within the financial institution and also having some of the data and the metrics to really have a 360-degree view of a customer. So, you know, we as bank customers, it doesn't matter what channel we're using, and we may use all three channels. So give us an example of how that multi-channel approach might work with the bank branch playing a central role. When you're buying a house, that's a fairly big decision. Some people are comfortable doing that completely online. Others want to talk to somebody who's had experience, especially if it's your first mortgage. And so the ability to have the branch complement and influence the mortgage buying process, it's a little bit of a different way of thinking for the financial institution. Also, not allowing the branch to be a bit of an anchor, if you will, to slow things down. So in some cases, if we were to open, say, a loan, a small business loan, we may be able to start that loan online at the bank, but it may stop at some documentation or signature. And then we physically are required to go to the branch whether we want to or not. And I think that's sometimes where the branch can get very negative connotation. What should happen is we should be able to open a small business or apply for a small business loan online, complete from start to finish that application. Now, the banker may sit at the branch on the other end and get the documentation, be able to finalize that. Or we can get up and walk into the branch and have the same start to finish application in the branch. We're not required either way or forced to come in. I mean, the e-signatures and, and a lot of the uploading of documentation, a lot of the technology, yes, and you know, is a part of, allows all this to happen so you can have that consistent interaction regardless of the different channels, and the channels can complement each other for the consumer. While we in the industry tend to think of things as broken down into silos, in the practical life of the consumer, those things all overlap and bleed into each other. And maybe the last mile here is trust. What do you see as some defining factors in terms of winning the trust of consumers and keeping it? It's a fantastic question. It's a very, very important one. You often see that banks are not very highly rated on a lot of the consumer trust indices. And so where some of that starts is with transparency. If we were to apply for a small business loan, in a lot of scenarios, we don't know how long that process is going to take. Really, what we as somebody who may own a business want to know is, are we approved and when are we going to get our money? And so that lack of 
transparency between the start and the finish of a loan. In a lot of cases, not being sure what documentation to provide. You just have this very disjointed process, which takes time. It's not only sometimes frustrating for the customer, but it's also frustrating for the banker. And I think when you start breaking down those barriers and you allow a customer to apply for a loan, clearly understand what are the next steps involved, providing them with the tools that allow them to very simply upload documentation like their tax forms. And so what happens is you have an experience that's very open and transparent, so it gives consumers much more confidence in what's going to happen. And you have a process that's more efficient and loans close quicker. It seems so simple. The fact that you can win consumers' trust, close loans faster, and be more efficient and happier as both the employee and the consumer, I think is a great, great message. And a lot of banks are achieving that. There is that soft side to banking that consumers understand. Confidence, speed, a great experience. Thank you for joining us today on the podcast to really help us understand how branches can move forward and how banks can win. Absolutely, Lou. It's been a true pleasure, and I think the branch will continue to play a very important role as one of the channels for consumers and bankers to interact. Jonathan Rowe oversees Encino's research, recruiting, and business development activities. Be sure to look for Jonathan on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, the bank branch needs to be more than just a sales channel or ATM stop. The difference all centers on interactions where customer services can be presented to people who stop in the bank branch. Number two, when you think about the bank branch of the future that wins, you can use the analogy of the Apple store as a helpful blueprint. It's a welcoming, exciting environment. Employees who are casually dressed clearly walk the floor so that consumers can approach them and interact. And those employees are cross-trained to know about every product and service. It's a challenge, but you'll be offering another chance for consumers to connect and to become part of your banking process. And number three, trust is the last mile where consumer confidence is built and cemented. For example, in the loan process, offering consumers a ready checklist that prepares them ahead of time for the paperwork that they need to complete. The goal, ease the journey and allow consumers to minimize frustration and maximize confidence, speed, and yes, happiness. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Do you strive to continuously deliver exceptional customer experiences yet struggle with accelerating technology demands? Then you need a partner that helps you adapt as fast as your customers' expectations. For more than 30 years, Pegasystems has been helping banks build for change to ensure consistent, personalized, and relevant interactions. Pega delivers real CRM with real automation, real intelligence, and real results. Visit pega.com to find out more. Now, right from the outset of the podcast, Jonathan Rowe made a positive assertion. The death of the bank branch has been greatly exaggerated. Well, if that's the case, what is the bank branch being reborn into? Would you believe bank lounges? BAI contributor Jeff Williams, in an outstanding piece, talks about the concept which has been pioneered by Virgin Money. He writes, Virgin Money has been very committed to this bank lounge concept, with seven UK branches already in operation. The thinking is that many people bank on the internet at home, 
often in sweatpants and sipping coffee. So let's replicate that experience as much as possible. People are encouraged to come to the Virgin Money Lounge and lounge. Replete with plush couches, throw pillows, and big screen TVs, the lounges offer free coffee, tea, and other hot and cold drinks. But as the customers not take them outside, a policy that apparently prevents the lounge from becoming everyone's personal refrigerator. There are also iPads for customers to bank on. Customers can't take those outside either, as that's bank theft of a different sort. You can read this piece by Jeff in our upcoming executive report for September, Steering Through Banking's Channels. It's a great report full of information as to the future of the banking channel universe, and you can access that beginning Wednesday, September 6th at BAI.org. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. And as you check out our archive, connect with BAI on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook to stay up to date on BAI's latest and greatest. Be sure to tune in next week when a new podcast goes up. I'm Lou Carlozo, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.